0: Warm out there, isn't it? It's roasting. Although, I've not been able to see any of this sun because I'm now working, and I've got people calling me going, Oh, Kieran, how's it going? I've not spoken in a while. I'm just sat in the garden, sunbathing, drinking cider. I'm like, gee, thanks, guys. It's
1: annoying, isn't it? I suppose you haven't got any windows in your place either, have you?
0: Uh, well, we have in the nails, but they're covered by massive great big fire curtains.
1: Look, I've been painting black, and I've actually still got some on me. That happens when you paint. <laughs> yeah, I have been very tempted to get a couple of paint pots out here, but I thought, mm, do I want to? And then it's like, no, it's Not too really. nice. The weather's too nice. someday
2: Yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the Sheer Isolation podcast. It's presented by Kieran Moore and John Ponting. Welcome, one and all, to the Sheer Isolation podcast. Thank you for joining us, Kieran. I've never asked you this. What? Why are we called Sheer Music? Why are you called Sheer Music? Oh, that's an interesting
0: question. So a long time ago, 2004, I was reading a book, uh, a a book called Dune. And in the book, um, there was this line about a guy who was climbing a cliff face. And in (laughs) this is going to get so embarrassing in the book. This scene is—he's describing him climbing the this this sheer face. I was reading this book, and at the time, I read the word sheer. At this, roughly the same time, my wife had a pair of tights or something that was sheer tights, like I think they're like see-through or something. And I, I liked the word sheer because it meant vast, you know, overarching, sort of you know, wide. And I was trying to be inclusive and wide. I thought sheer—that's a great, it's really, and it's really snappy, simple word. And then, I, and then I told someone at a gig, we're going to call ourselves Shear and we got some really good feedback from this old geezer in the pub. He was like, that's a really strong name. I really like that. So I said, right, that's it. It's stuck.
1: So the, the idea behind um, setting up this Sheer Isolation podcast, twofold, really. One, one thing was to keep us entertained um, while we're in isolation, but also to do our bit to promote the local music scene, because it's something both myself and Kieran have been doing for a good 15 years or so. So it's collectively three decades worth of experience in promoting local music. That's scary, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it is. When you when you say three decades, it makes it sound like we're really old, but actually, it's just we've both been doing it, and it's just added together. It's 15 each, yeah. <laughs> but mind you, if, if we include our guests, so our, our guest this week is Ed Dyer from the, the Tuppany in Swindon. From, like, yeah, he's been promoting bands for as long, longer, I don't know. Um, I think he's doing it roughly the same sort of length of time I have. I think he came to it slightly later than I did, but yeah. Okay. That's, same. So this this podcast, this little 30-minute podcast, has 40 years' worth of local music promotion experience. That's impressive, isn't it? That is very impressive, today's one. And we're not old. <laughs> That's today's
0: theme I'm taking home. <laughs> um, I spoke to you a couple of days ago, didn't I, about the local scene and things that were going on. Um, and I've got a wonderful announcement to make that um, I've been added to the committee at the Village Pump uh, venue in Trowbridge. Um, and so I will now be coordinating a lot of their bookings, et cetera, and as we'll hear from Ed in a minute, he's talking about um, his local scene and some of his local bands. And what we'll hope to do is link up with, with Ed in Swindon. And perhaps there's a guy in Bath that we'll come to later that we'll also be linking up with. We'll start, doing, we'll start seeing actual local bands playing in these other towns. So it's really exciting. There's a hell of a lot going on at the Village Pump. Um, and as things progress, I will keep you updated via, this, via the Sheer Isolation podcast. And it is genuinely exciting. And I can't wait to share it all with you bit by bit. Right, Ooh, um, over, is it? What, what are we doing first? Who's well, first? Let, let's have a track, shall we? Because you picked let's have a track this week. Okay, so let me introduce this. It's a band called the, Ra- uh, the Long Coats, and they're from Bath, and it's fronted by a chap called Ollie Kieran Sharp. It's a song called Drag, uh, and it's very good. And I think today, because of Ed's song that Ed's going to pick later, we have an extremely good indie playlist today. So take it away.
2: back my to home I like love you worries by cuz
1: That was a song called Drag by The Long Coats. This week, Kieran, there's a little bit of news come out from the government um, around Corona and getting us back, operating as a country. And they've set up a few task forces. Now, they've set up a task force for culture, which is looking to get uh, how we can come out of lockdown and and get arts and and sports and theatre and that kind of thing going again. There's a separate task force, which is looking at how we can open bars and restaurants again. I've got a horrible feeling that music venues are going to fall into a gap in between those two task forces. but I don't know if you've had a chance to look into this or what you thought. I haven't, but I was reading comments earlier on social media about these, about these
0: task force and exactly what you've just said there, like venues are basically being ignored and they've said that they're not going to extend this whole furlough scheme. You know, they're going to, they're going to phase it out. No, they're not going to phase it out. They're just going to stop it entirely. And it's like, actually this is specifically the hospitality industry is going to need some help. Um, so I haven't read into it yet. I will definitely be looking at it tomorrow. So, so, sort of the conversations I have with my manager on, uh, every other day. So it would be interesting to know how they're going to manage it. I'm glad they have made a task force. That's a really good step. But
1: don't forget us, guys. I suppose there is a logic that if you can get the nation's biggest venues open, then the, the smallest venues sh- should be a doddle. Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> I, the first thing I, w- I read when I woke up this morning was an article about an American venue that had done sh- an isolated gig. And the picture from it was like this auditorium, roughly, I don't know, let's just say the Forum in Bath, and it had 50 people in. And it was like, that's great, you know, a band got to play a show and an audience got to watch a show. And particularly if the band was famous, I didn't say who the band was, but if that band were really famous, then you're kind of getting a really one-on-one personal event. But the likelihood is that this famous acts are not going to be doing those sorts of shows. And... I, I just don't see how that experience is going to be a really positive one. That you're going to go home and go, I really want to do that again. You're playing this wonderful venue. You sing your song and you heart out and then you stop. And then there's this like, kind of like,
2: yay.
1: You know what I mean? It's, it's like be- any open mic night ever.
0: It's going to be so great. <laughs> so, I mean, that's great, but I, I'm, I am just concerned. I am concerned that I'm, we'll keep reading what I can and figuring out, you know, what we think we can do. Yeah,
1: we'll keep an eye on it, yeah. Week on week, we'll do yeah. updates on this. Time for our guest. Yes. We, uh, uh, so, yeah, this week, we, well, the last few weeks, we've been talking to music venue owners and, and promoters, rather than musicians. That's not really by choice. It's just the fact that musicians don't really have anything to plug or talk about at the moment. So we will have some musicians on soon, and, and maybe even some people from different studios and all different areas of the music industry. But, yeah, so tonight we're, we're heading over to Swindon to... Well, he's, he's currently at the Tuppany, but um, Ed's had uh, quite a bit of history around the Swindon music scene, hasn't he?
0: Ed is a long-term friend of, of myself and of Shia, um and is a promoter, grassroots promoter in Swindon. And Ed now works for a brewery, and we um, invited him on the show today, or the podcast today, to basically talk about how his work has adapted themselves to lockdown and the venue that he works at and does a lot of work with, uh, the Tupney in Swindon, how they've adapted themselves to the lockdown. And I think I think it's a really positive story that's come out of all of this. Take it away, Ed. Tell us about it.
3: Okay, well, um, obviously my, my entire life is tied up in the hospitality industry. So I, I have a day job working for West Berkshire Brewery, working in sales with them. And I'm also a co-owner of Bark bar the Tupney in Swindon. Which we, we, we've sort of turned into or created a, a small music venue within. It's it's very, very small. We only do acoustic and things in there. Small, so of course. F, but yeah.
0: perfect. It's a, you know, you've done it really well there, haven't you? It's not shoehorning in something into a pre-existing sort of space. You've kind of taken that space and said, We're gonna put music you put it in you've done it well, haven't you?
3: Yeah, it's always part of the plan. Yeah. I mean, of the four of us who, who own co-own the business. One used to manage the Victoria Linda. and Twelve Bar in Swindon. One is a former gigging musician and a former pro session musician. And there's me who's been promoting music for donkey's years. So, you know, music was always going to be a part of of that business. Yeah, so it was always in our minds from the word go. So, yeah, the, the business itself, the building itself has has kind of ordained what music we would have. You know, that that's what we, like you say, we haven't shoehorned it in. We haven't turned it into a a venue that isn't suited to being, you know, so it's a very particular building. We've got flats right above us. You know, we don't own upstairs. We're not big. We've got low ceilings. So, you know, a great big cavernous rock band would probably destroy people's hearing quite quickly. (laughs) You you, you seriously wouldn't get to the end of the first song if you had some of the bands that I put on other venues playing. So, yeah, so we, you know, we we focus on the rootsy end of things and the acoustic end of things. It, uh, it, It works a treat.
0: And I think it does work a treat. It's, it's absolutely fantastic there. And it really suits your history as well. What, what the sort of things that you've done in the past, it seems like such a natural, honest progression. It's like, it's just done so well. I absolutely love it.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's taken on a life of its own. We, I mean, we, we only do original stuff, you know, me and you are cut from the same cloth, Kieran. Yeah. We don't, we don't promote um, covers acts, but yeah, over the years, as I've sort of got older, I've moved more and more into sort of the folk of the Americana and, listening to that stuff and getting into those bands anyway. But one of the other things that we've also started doing is encouraging the, the local band population to actually reinterpret what they do. So take a big, loud, five-piece indie band and challenge them to recreate their sounds and their sets to suit our venue and yeah. our music night and our music audience. And um, so we've had some of our most most favourite nights have been been bands who've actually you know, put down all of the uh, big amps and everything and have picked up the acoustic um, instruments or or even be much more creative and, and sort of switch things up and, and you know, use samples and use other things that we, we are much more in control of. You know, the thing that yes. we have the problem with are big drum kits. I mean, but we've even had people like Will and Weasel playing with a drum kit because Will's a very controlled drummer and he plays a small kit and, you know, we can get away with get away with things like that. But, you know, as as you alluded to at the beginning, with COVID nineteen and things, everything changed for both of the businesses that I'm I'm involved with. Um, and come March the twentieth, yeah, the door was shut on us. You know, we had no choice. We had to awesome. shut the uh, shut the business up. Both businesses, in theory, completely. You know, the 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 sales the sales at the brewery hit a brick wall and fell off a cliff because all of the pubs were shut immediately. So yeah, actually, we have absolutely- let me ask you
0: a quick question about that actually, because uh, I did see about I don't know a week after lockdown that a lot of the pubs had to throw away obviously a lot of their liquid. They literally just poured it down drain. Is that what happened to
3: the Tupney? or were you able to sort of? No, no, it wasn't because yeah, I mean a lot a lot of places do because a lot of pubs will will um, serve cask beer and once you've opened that cask and you've tapped it and you started drawing beer off it, air gets drawn in. And that starts, that starts to to basically kill the beer off, it starts it degrading. So you've only got sort of between three and five days with a lot of beers before it's spoiling and you've got to get rid of it. So five days after doors shut, nobody's touched that beer. You can't do anything with it. Cake beer is different because that's a sealed environment. It's under pressure. Fine. But with the Tuppany, what we did is we firmly believe in in flexibility and working quickly and things. We decided very very quickly to to switch models to like a home delivery uh, model and yes. uh, with online purchasing. So we we built a, an online shop in two days, which was knackering. Um, uploaded all of our products. Worked out how we were going to dispense our draft beers into containers that people can take home, as well as I mean. We, we, we're lucky in the sense that our product range is is very particular. We don't have anything mainstream, so none of the beers that we have ever stocked. you can go down Tesco's and buy uh you know at five for fifty p <laughs> so people who drink in our bar and drink our products that we we supply can't go and get them elsewhere so or they can, but it's few and far between so we were able to keep on selling. Selling beers, We worked out how we were going to dispense the cast beers that we already had in the building and the keg beers. So we've, we've continued to buy giraffe products, which hardly anybody has been doing. And it is partly thanks to the relationship or the fact that I, ha- I have this other job at the brewery. I yeah. was able to beg, steal and borrow um, bits of packaging and stuff to try and work it out and, and see what works, what people would buy, what people wouldn't and, and sort of progress from there. That, you're the, actually the sitting
0: on quite a, a really valuable set of information there, really, because what you've effectively done is you, you've come up against this, you've got no other choice but dealing with this situation, and you've found a way, a solution through it. Do you know yeah. anybody doing this? Actually, we do like as
3: well, but we've always had an online presence. As a, as a beer manufacturer, you have a fan base almost. It's like being in a band yeah. to a certain yeah. extent. You know, people that they move away from the local area, but they still want the beer that they grew up drinking or whatever. Of course. So we, we've always had an online retail presence there. So it, it wasn't a, a new thing for, for, for the brewery. Although to be fair, the, the, the sales went through the roof with the online stuff at the brewery. And I, bet. I think, I think they were at, um, 181% of December through um, April and May so far. So every day we, we are tracking that much ahead of our busiest retail month of the year. Wow, that's amazing. Um, been, that, been that bonkers, and it's just it's kept, kept the business going. I don't think many places have done it. There's a couple of our sort of near and dear neighbours have, have done their version of it, so the Hop Over the Road have done a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, the local Swindon Brewery, Hop Kettle, they've been doing that. But other places, because they haven't had this sort of niche market, they can't. There's no point selling yeah. products that you can get for a fraction of the price from the, with your supermarket delivery. So of a few of our sort of um, other bars and venues around us have done food and things like that. But now, I mean, we're, we're kind of out on our own almost in, in terms of, of around our area doing it. But then I've seen other people. There's, there's one in Chippenham. There's a, there's a micro pub in Chippenham, Prince of Wales. I've seen them yes. doing it. Okay. Um, there's a new one that's just set up in Calm. That's to do with the guys from Stealth Brewery down in Milksham. You know, so there are other people elsewhere doing it within their little local areas. But again, the thing that connects all of those is that they 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 tend to work with the independent breweries, not the big mainstream brands, which is yeah. why that they, they, they can actually create this market for for what they can offer. So yeah, it's it's keeping the bar above water. You know, yeah. we Good. we qualified we qualified for one of the grants that Excellent. based on our based on our um, rateable value, that came through very quickly, full credit to the council for processing that. Between that and what we're turning over, which is only 20%, 25% of what we'd normally do, if that, and the fact that we furloughed this, the few staff that we had, meant that we've managed to keep the business afloat and going, and the bills being paid and the rent being paid and, and things, you know, it's been invaluable. Do you, after all this is over, do you still foresee yourself continuing with those the sales that you have? doing yeah we've already um discussed that we'll continue with an element of the online because not everybody can come out to the pub every weekend but they may want to drink some of those beers or the cocktails that we do and uh obviously you'll return with the live music when you can too oh god i can't wait yeah absolutely <laughs> wait. i've just um i've just confirmed our first um Topney virtual gig so we had Ooh. chris chris webb booked in Lovely. um next month but obviously that's yeah. not likely to happen so he's going to jump onto our Facebook platform and, um, and do his gig from, I think he's playing for his conservatory mostly at the moment. All oh, right, nice. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've just been keeping a record of all of the, the great gigs that I've had to trash off, which has been yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah, I bet. It's been heartbreaking for me too.
0: <laughs> same so,
3: for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're all in the same boat.
0: <laughs> cool. So Ed, um, earlier on, I said to you, pick a song by a local band. Um,
3: t- who have you picked and why? I could have picked any one of, 20 or 30 bands, there's some fantastic stuff that um, is coming out locally at the moment there is. and in the recent past. But I went with a band called Stay Luna. They're great, great kids, uh, fairly young band, come through over the last couple of years. They've played a few gigs for me as a full band. They're very kind of dream pop. There's sort of cure influences and things, sort of synth. a lot of sort of reverby, um, jangly guitars and stuff, emotive lyrics and things. But they've also a couple of times now done some strip back stuff for me, which I really like when they do that. You get a much different, uh, a much better sort of idea of the songs, the lyrics. Um, For a band who are still in their sort of late teens, early 20s, to actually have the presence to be able to actually reinterpret what they do, strip it back down, change up some of the instrumentation and the arrangements and and stuff is, is great. And they just write some really, really good pop records. There's quite a lot of bands actually in Swindon doing that at the moment. I say
0: Swindon's actually got a really strong kind of indie scene, hasn't
3: it? Very
0: much so. Yeah, there's a whole
3: group that've come through in the last sort of two. Yes. You've seen them come through in the last two or three years. Yeah. Work, their way, work their way through. They, they, they've got they've got friendly with the venues and the promoters. They've got themselves booked onto their their support gigs. They're now doing their own headline gigs. They're getting support for touring bands. And yet yeah, a lot of them, um, like Stay Luna, like Getters people like that nice. they're, doing, they're doing little tours all, all yeah. over the country they're getting out out to scotland and up north and out to london and down south and to the southwest and this has always been one of the problems with local bands as i'm sure you'll see there's these fab bands that, that pick up but they haven't got the drive and the get up and go to actually expand their audience base and and these guys and their sort of peers have, have all done that which has been fabulous
1: that was a track by stay Luna and uh, that track was called catch up a new young band coming out of Swindon. Excellent news. Plenty of them. And Swindon has got
0: a really strong indie scene. Yes. Um, and, and hopefully we'll be seeing stay Luna down in Trowbridge way. And once all this, all this indie network and the village pump and Tutney, we all start talking and it all works. It's going to be a brave new world and I'm dead excited about it. Hmm.
1: And if there are any bands out there who want to get their videos featured or you've got any, streaming things coming up or I think. i just want to get in touch the email address is shia at gmail.com so drop us a line events coming up this week kieran i think you've got something to talk about yeah well it's not
0: coming up this week but it's it's one i've confirmed this week it's 90s indie prog legends ultrasounds and we've just agreed to have them perform at malt club in bath in april 2021 so it's literally 11 it's literally a year away that's how far ahead People are planning now. Um, so if you're into your 90s indie and mod sort of crossover prog glam rock, I've, I've, got, I've done a, a fantastic press release. Have I sent it to you, John?
1: No, you haven't, no.
0: I'm going to send you my press release because it's brilliant. It's really, I've, I had a lot of fun writing it. And I, I had a lot of fun. I really liked Ultrasound. So it was one of those bands I was able to sort of really I get it. And I was able to sort of find some fun stuff to say. So yeah, um, mm-hmm. Ultrasound, playing Moles Friday the 2nd of April. And tickets are £15, and it's a 21-year 21 anno- 21 anniversary tour of their debut
1: album, which is called Everything Picture. I suppose we're going to see a lot of this, because people, like promoters like yourself and, and festival organisers, have, have given up on this year. So they're already looking. Yeah. And you can't just pick up what you've done this year and carry it over, because it's, you know, pe- people are busy, people are on holiday, people have other plans. So it's, it's well, as, as we spoke to Frank Turner
0: a couple of weeks ago, I think what will happen is... People like Frank, who are of that way inclined, of, you know, of, of reasonable status, will perhaps do some last minute fill-in shows if they're allowed to. But I don't think there's anything serious being planned for this year. Um, it is all happening next year. So I think all the gigs, all your local venues, if they get to reopen, are going to prom- predominantly going to be local style shows and, the, and these sorts of artists that are willing to do, you know,
1: play un- undersells, you know, and play small venues. So we'll, we'll see. Indeed. But you're going to spend the rest of the week still uh, doing decorating over at the Neild, I guess. I am. I'm going to be doing more painting. It's going to be so beautiful when you come back. I can't wait to show you all. Excellent. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've got um, uh, another week of, well, a uh, four-day week. Holiday weekend. Hey. I get an extra of day to not sit in, in my office. I can sit in a different room of my house. woo hoo <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Kieran, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Always a pleasure. Um, I'm glad a, we can. I
0: really enjoyed it today.
1: Yeah, it's all good. It's all good mate. All right, and well, we'll be back next week. So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, until then, enjoy.
2: Cheers. Thanks, John. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye.